0: Entry level is on a mission to reskill 1 billion people by 2030. This is an audio series to give you the day in a life and insider insights into the most in-demand jobs. Hey everyone, welcome to this audio cast. We're going to be diving into the wonderful world of design with Sakura, who is a senior designer at Phantom. You want to say a quick hi to everyone?
1: Hi everyone.
0: So to get started, I wanted to dive into the definition of a designer. So what I think is interesting is we've covered product design, UX UI design and a few other fields, but a designer or a senior designer is a little bit more encompassing. So do you want to talk a little bit about like the areas that you manage or the areas of design?
1: Yeah, sure. So I mean, I guess it's quite broad, but the agency that I'm working for at the moment, Phantom, we do a lot of branding, we do a lot of sort of web experiences, And then there's also like obviously product and UI, UX involved in that. But I would say like my main role would be looking at like brand identity and web design as a sort of specialty.
0: And when you say you're looking at brand identity and web design, actually on the brand identity part, like obviously there are a lot of different parts to it. Like there's content, there's thinking about the other aspects of it. Are you doing the entire thing or are you doing like a small part and is someone else in the agency sort of helping you? Like what does the team look like to deliver something like that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Usually what happens with branding, it is like, as you said, it's quite a huge undertaking. So there's somebody, there'll be like an excellent copywriter who will be kind of looking at the tone of voice. There'll be strategy involved right from the beginning. So they'll be looking at kind of like competitor landscape and opportunity and things like that. And then once strategy is kind of had like, a think about it with the client, then it'll go into copywriting and sort of art direction, which is where I would come in. And then in the art direction phase, we'll be working with copywriters at the same time and kind of coming up with, based on the strategy, we'll be coming up with creative sort of opportunities that we can explore. And again, there'll be like creative lead involved, kind of like looking over the whole thing. And then we'll typically present the, those kinds of routes to the client, see what sticks. And then kind of go from that point onwards like once we've kind of got a taste for the opportunity and things like that and which route feels right then it'll go into design and that'll be sort of more where like my work really kicks off
0: yeah makes sense let's go back a little bit into what branding is because i think some people might not know and maybe touch upon the fact branding isn't just me coming to you and asking for a cool logo there's a lot more thought and effort that goes into it obviously as a designer you can't just be good at drawing so can you elaborate on what branding is and why all this stuff is super important?
1: Yeah, sure. So I mean it's a huge question. Essentially it's branding is the way that your organization kind of lives. I mean, if you take any good brand, for example, they're selling Apple, because you know, it's a great example. But they're, they're not just selling like products like phones, they're selling like ideas and feelings, dreams, things like that. Like with Nike, for example, it's not just a t-shirt. It's a vision like anyone can be an athlete, and and the reason why that's important is you kind of want to stand out in the market. That's why branding is important, I guess. Especially today, it's I think what's kind of quite tricky is we've got so many sort of like content, and everyone's kind of trying to stand out online. So I think one of the challenges that we're facing, like from a design point of view, also where the opportunity is, is how do we kind of do things creatively so that people notice um, companies, and ultimately, I think that's the business objective of why branding is so important. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, just to add to that, like from my perspective, and, you know, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, the way I see branding is basically everything to do with how your company is perceived, right? That could be the emotional response, the, the visual response and all that kind of stuff. And I think nowadays, especially nowadays, it's not enough to just make a cool product. Um, I think there needs to be a lot more thought put into the way you make people feel, the way you make people fall in love with your product, the way you first see it, even the brand, you know, all those sort of things are super important. So if if branding is creating that positive association or like that positive perception of your company, there needs to be a lot more thought and effort into how you do it, especially since you're hacking into people's like psychology, essentially, and the colors you pick and the, the way you You draw things, even the fonts, for example, you know, can change someone's perception. And so I think that's why things have become, well, graphic design and branding has become more important than ever, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. You made me think of the uh, Dropbox example. So we all use Dropbox, right? For a time, they were just sort of like a utility kind of thing. And then they did this rebrand and they really completely changed the way that they did their branding. It was very cool. And they really leaned into the fact that this is a tool that, you know, like who uses Dropbox? It's, it's something that designers and creatives use. Can we make a brand that people would be like proud to put like a sticker on their laptop on? That's kind of like a really great example of how branding can be pretty powerful when used. And it doesn't have to be something cool, like sportswear or anything like it could be something like product, but it's approached differently and it completely changes.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I was using Dropbox paper for a while and I was just thinking when people ask me why I use Dropbox paper instead of of using like Docs or something like that, I couldn't explain why. It just looked nicer and felt nicer and just made me feel better. Mm. And so there's like all these intangible things that you can't explain from a design perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So my second question, actually, we can just dive straight into what it is you do. But I'm curious, what I was saying was that to be a good designer, you can't just be good at drawing things. You also need to be able to distill the client needs and stakeholder needs and like what you need people to feel and what you need people to perceive through your art. And so I'm curious to see like, does your process look like? So maybe just walking through an average week, you have a client that walks in, you know, your strategy team has given you an art direction. Or maybe even like how do you come up with an art direction and then how do you go from there to a final sort of branding guide?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So typically a bit a huge part of the process begins with kind of research and understanding where the client is. For example, let's say they are a um like a photographer right. And a wedding photographer, and they're looking to kind of build their brand. A big part of it is kind of discovering what makes them different because that's where the branding opportunity is. So we'll kind of start by asking kind of questions and getting to know them, understanding their business, like, and nuances of their business that could be opportunities. So for example, like, are they a film photographer? What's their kind of photography style? What's their like vision with their photography and what inspires them with their photography? Is it like a solo person? Is it a business? And how we can like play into that? So that'll be kind of like the research kind of phase and also looking at the competitive landscape and the inspiration and things like that. And then that really helps to kind of set the foundation for constraint because there's nothing more daunting than having a blank page and nothing to work with. So I think setting that kind of foundation is the initial step. Once we have that, I think this is the kind of exploration phase. And it's funny, I'm actually working in this phase right now. And I think for a designer, this is like the most daunting phase, because you're looking at just sort of throwing out really rough ideas, like doing sketches, looking at inspiration, looking at examples of work. I think that's extremely helpful. And getting inspired from different things. So it could be related industries. If we're looking at photography sometimes it can be quite limiting to look at examples that are all in the photography field. So I think it's helpful to kind of look at related things, like what other related industries have done like really cool things, just to kind of give you a little bit of a unique perspective.
0: I know we worked together in the past, but like one of my other designers I worked with, when I was getting a branding done, she sent me a photo of a sunset and a staircase. And she's like, what do you think? And I was like, what <laughs> like what does that mean? But I realized that after she did the branding, I could see the relationship with the brand guide and certain photos that she was sending me for inspiration, and I thought that was really yeah. cool, but also, the other thing I wanted to touch upon is the fact that you said that it was a very daunting part, but surely the exploration stage is a very exciting part too, right
1: yeah, it's so funny, uh, just like last week, my colleagues and I were like sharing this photo, and it's like how every designer feels, so when you get a new brief, this is awesome. And then this isn't going so well. This is crap. I am crap. And then actually this is awesome. And then it's like, I am awesome at the end. So I think that's so relatable when you're going through the process because no idea is going to be good at the beginning. You have like all these terrible ideas in your head first, the cliche ideas in your head first, and you kind of just have to get them out. And that's when it can be daunting because you're thinking, I'm not making anything original here. You know, this doesn't look good. So that's what I meant by daunting initially. And eventually you'll come up with an idea that is, you know, original and has legs. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome. All right. So you've gone through the exploration phase and you've come up with some sketches. Are you working with the client directly or is there someone in between you guys?
1: Typically in an agency, there'll be a sort of project manager. So there'll be kind of liaising with the client, setting up meetings and things like that. In our agency, we've got a creative review. So we'll have like creative leads and things like that, like opportunities to share sort of our progress and get some creative feedback, which is extremely helpful, especially if you get, you know, stuck in a rut or anything like that. And then once it's kind of gone through that creative review and it's at a level where we've kind of got an initial direction, we can then present that to the client and get their initial thoughts.
0: Yeah, awesome. And then after that, what is the rest of the steps look like?
1: After that, usually we'll present like a couple of routes. It could be like two or three, depending on how sort of well fleshed out they are. And then based on the feedback that the client's given, you know, they could not like any of them, but usually they'll provide feedback as to why and like what their preferences are. And from that taking on their feedback, we can either go back to the drawing board and kind of think of new ideas, or if they're feeling really strongly about a particular one, then we'll kind of refine it. So at that point, usually it's been like mock-ups or clay with colors, a play with typography, just kind of exploration really in the mood board stage. And then from that point onwards, we can start to like create sort of more defined, for example, logo marks. We can start to put together a palette, a color palette. We can start to like suggest the kind of typography that would go with the brand the kind of imagery that would work with the brand. So, and we might do like two or three different variations. So typically that'll be like the next phase and then we'll present those variations and hopefully, you know, there'll be one that that feels really right to the client. And from then on, it'll just be like minor refinements to the logo, for example, and having a look at how they might look in situ. So like on a mock-up of business cards and things like that. It really depends from that point onwards if what kind of project it is. So if it was uh, just kind of like a logo mark, or rebrand, then um, it's quite simple. If it's like a whole visual identity, then we'll look at like what kind of applications would be useful for that client. So if it's applied to print, if they need a business card, if they need sort of like a website or um, if it's going to be applied to an application of some kind, it really depends on the scope of the project.
0: Yeah, awesome. I was about to ask what the deliverable was, but it does depend from client to client, right? So some would just be a logo, some would be a full brand book, some would be brand book plus product and some other stuff. So yeah, I guess it's case by case, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Awesome. And then in terms of the week, like maybe you could break it down for us. Like how much time are you spending in meetings? What are the hours like? How much time are you sitting there and actually designing stuff? How much time are you thinking about what to design? Maybe you could break it down a little bit more.
1: Yeah, sure. So I think like, say we're at the beginning of a project, that's the sort of most ambiguous time. So for example, like you're starting a project and you're kind of in the exploration, looking for inspiration, getting your initial ideas phase. The reason I say that's ambiguous is because you can try a bunch of ideas in that time and it might be like one day or two days for that. You might be feeling really getting all the inspiration, getting all the ideas and be able to knock out some really great ideas in one day or you might not sort of get very far in two days. So that sort of initial phase is kind of a little bit more ambiguous. From that point on though, like once you've kind of got a set direction in mind, I would say a typical day would be sort of your stand up in the morning, catch up with the team that's working on it just for like 15 minutes and then just kind of get into it. So like, Open up your like the software that you're using. For me, that's usually Sketch if I'm using, if I'm doing UI or sort of web design or Illustrator if I'm working with branding and just kind of get started on it. And that could be sort of in a couple hour sessions, two hours or so, um, take a break, might look at some more inspiration. Essentially, in like your average day as a designer in an agency, I would say most of the time you are like working actually like designing the end product, whatever that is, whether that's branding or like UI.
0: Amazing. That sounds really cool. Off the back of that, what are the best parts of the job? Because you've been a designer for a while. Clearly Mm -hmm. there's a reason you're staying. So what are the best parts for you and what do you enjoy the most?
1: I think for me, I always worked in places where I'm able to do sort of project based work. And for me, like that's what's really fun about it. You know, it can be every month. It can even be every two weeks you're on a new project. And I find that really exciting and inspiring, you know, so it's always changing. And I think that's what's so fun about it. Like it could be anything from, you know, working on Sony projects with music artists and things like that to doing kind of work for something more sort of corporate. So, yeah, I think that's what I really love about it.
0: Awesome. What about the parts that aren't so great or you wish you could just automate away?
1: I think this is the case with like every job is just sometimes you get frustrating client feedback. And I don't know if that this is something that can be ever automated, but I think it's a skill that I wish I could improve, being able to communicate your like decisions as a designer, because you know, sometimes you work on something and you can see its value and you know the audience really well. And you think it's really working. And, and a lot of the times the whole team will be on board, but at the end of the day, it is the client's call. And sometimes that is a bit frustrating. So that's probably the most frustrating part of the job, I think.
0: Makes sense. So how would you get into this field? I know there are like some degrees for it, but like qualification is necessary. Do you find that most designers have qualifications or just self-taught? And also what kind of traits do you see that the best designers have?
1: Really good questions. No, I don't think you need qualifications to to be a, a good designer at all. I know some really fantastic designers that I work with that haven't had like university qualifications have just sort of self-taught. I think it helps. For me, I found my university degree really great, but it's not necessary. I think in terms of what is more important, one of the things that I found frustrating at the beginning was before getting work, you kind of need to show your work experience or sort of your capabilities. And I remember thinking, well, I haven't had any work yet. So like, how can I show what I'm capable of? And I think one of the things that I've seen people do is just like doing personal projects. And I find even the best designers that I work with, even now, like in their sort of senior positions will always be working on something like a personal project that really gives them ownership of their creativity. And I think it's a really great opportunity because you can show exactly what you're interested in, what kind of work you're interested in doing. like how creative you can be with kind of no limitations. So I think if you don't need formal education, you can definitely do that instead. Just kind of like work on personal projects and document it and put it in your portfolio and share it. And in terms of qualities, I think, again, just putting yourself out there and trying new things, like creative things. I've got a friend who wanted to make like a fortune cookie experience, but as a joke. And he went to the trouble like of creating like 3D printing, like his concept and everything. And it was all for a personal project and everything that he does. You can see that sort of like level of effort in. So I definitely think there's like a correlation between like really loving, being creative, making things and, and sharing it with people. That would be my tip.
0: Yeah, also, awesome. my final question was going to be: Do you have any tips for people who listen to this and wanted to get into the field? Room? But what I'm hearing is that you basically can just start and just do the job before you get the job, and start working on side projects and building a portfolio beforehand, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's kind of chicken or egg, right? I think that's always the case with <laughs> with like work experiences. People are looking for things. People are looking for people who have work experience, and you don't have it yet until you have it. So. Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, trying something. I One example I remember was I, I was really interested in doing 360 degree art and I just looked it up on YouTube and it took me six months on a trackpad, but I did it. <laughs> that was one of the projects. It was a personal project, but that was the one that got me hired at a job. It wasn't any previous work experience. It was that personal project. So, yeah.
0: Wait, what's, what's 360 degree art?
1: So it's like, you know, uh, you know those 360 cameras mm-hmm. yeah so it's kind of like a, a 360 painting so you can kind of go into it and it'll be like a world that you can like see in 360. yeah <laughs> With yeah it's yeah.
0: insane so you might have already answered this but what are the top three traits that you see or like personality traits or like personas that like are required for you to become the best designers and the best designers like Really good attention to detail. Are they super creative, or like, are they following a strict process, process-driven? Like, what do you think of the top three for designers?
1: I think one would be kind of constantly inspired, and I know that sounds like kind of ambiguous, but the best sort of creative leads that I've ever worked with—they were so across what was happening culturally in design, and not just in terms of current sort of design, but historically as well. And I think that is such. A valuable sort of like trait because they would be able to kind of pull out examples and see if an opportunity came up, they would be able to immediately think of a really interesting reference in the past and and come up with more kind of original ideas. So I think being on top of design and culture and being interested in it is definitely number one in terms of being creative as a designer. Number two would be attention to detail and also sort of willingness to learn new skills might be the third one. Things are constantly changing. Now I think motion is a really huge part of bringing designs to life digitally. So being kind of willing to like experiment with 3D or with uh, motion would be something that kind of brings your designs to life. So that's three.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I think the first one to clarify, just being able to absorb different pieces of information and not just sitting there and then internally trying to come up with ideas, but actually being quite learned and, and taking in inputs and, and being inspired by other things. Attention to detail. And what was the other one?
1: The third one was, it's not that fun, but it's upskilling. <laughs> so yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Constantly being able to keep up with trends. Because like, I'm sure like the design space, just like every other space is innovating and changing quite a lot. And so you need to keep your skill set quite fresh, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Not just in terms of software that you use as well. Like it's just even trends visually, it changes so quickly, you know? So something that was really cool, like two years ago will be quite outdated.
0: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I remember looking at designs like five, 10 years ago and just thinking like, what the hell were we thinking? But I guess that's just like how design was done then, or like that's what people preferred back then. So just so interesting. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Sakura. appreciate your time.
1: No worries. Thanks, AJ.